Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Illuminate. It has been a while. We have missed you, even though we don't necessarily know who you are if you're listening. But we have missed you, and I've missed just talking to you as well, Hannah, in this setting. Yeah, yeah. And if you're new to the podcast, we're excited you're here. Um, just a brief overview of what we do here. This is a podcast where we share stories um, to encourage growth and community engagement at Hope. Yeah, and that's kind of what we want to do. We started this back in 2020 when the pandemic first hit uh, and everything got shut down. And Hannah and I were honestly just missing talking to people um, because everything was on Zoom and everything was on virtual communication. And so we didn't really get to talk to people in the ways that we love talking to people and hearing their stories. And so it was just a way to connect. And that's what we want this to be as well. So for I guess this is season four if we want to be official, but Mm -hmm. we're just getting back to our roots of just wanting to connect with people in the church, uh, both the local and the wider, bigger, big C church, and then just also connect um, with you all just through this um, medium of a podcast. So we're super excited to be back. Yeah. um, And just to kind of have a little icebreaker moment, start the show off. It's been a minute. So Nathan, kick us off. What is, what's been going on? How you doing? What's something you've learned or a book you've read? Catch us up. Oh, man. Um, a lot has happened, okay? I think because it's been, what, six? Mo- I don't even know how long it's been uh. since we were <laughs> last year. Uh, so I guess you could say I've learned a lot. Um, you know, we kind of prepped for what question and icebreaker we wanted to ask each other. And honestly, I still have not. I was trying to think of like a spiritual answer mm. and uh, a spiritual book and all those different things. But I just keep coming back to I have been reading through a series called The Wheel of Time. Uh, It's by Robert Jordan. It is 16 books. Uh, They are incredible, but they are super long, and it is a long commitment. Um, And honestly, it has... I just love reading uh, non-Christian literature and Mm. seeing Christian themes run throughout it. And obviously, this has a lot more of actually like Buddhist, I guess, and Hindu type themes where it's like there's reincarnation and mm. there's a wheel and this person is reincarnated <laughs> as someone different every single time. So you'll be in this next life, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but there are some really awesome themes in it. So I guess for me, like, yeah, there's been a ton of spiritual things, but if you've never read that book series and you're into fantasy, I would really encourage you to go read that because honestly, all I've been doing in the past six months <laughs> is trying to make it through this super long series. So that's maybe at the... Um, expense of my spiritual reading, but for me, it's worth it because I just got to get through it. I'm still reading the Bible every morning. It's not like I'm not reading the Bible, you know, so I'm reading the most important book, but yeah, I really have put on hold like all of my other books because at this point, I'm just like, I have to finish this series. I don't want to be 40 and still reading the Wheel of Time, but at this rate, I think it's still going to happen. What about you? Yeah. Things that you've been learning? And... Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I also was thinking about this question and I, uh, my first answer was I've been learning a lot about synthesizers, but that's not really... Um, it's not very engaging for <laughs> non keyboardists. I bet you might have two or three people who would. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I was racking my brain. I was like, what's something interesting? And Austin and I have been avidly following the journey of the James Webb telescope. I don't know if you've heard much about the James Webb. No, I know your husband always telescope. talks to me about telescopes, but <laughs> it's kind of like the... So this is what he's been talking about. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to recap. Thank you. <laughs> Um, it's, uh, I'm sure like everyone's heard of Hubble, the Hubble Space Telescope. Yeah, that like, rings it's, a bell. it's, yeah, it's the biggest telescope that we have. 
up to this point. The James Webb is monstrously bigger than the Hubble. It's going further out into space than any telescope we've sent. It's so complicated. It has hundreds of parts that all have to work perfectly. It's like a feat of engineering. And it's super cool. And it's been super fun to watch um, kind of this journey of its creation. And uh, it just launched on Christmas Day. Um, and everything's going well so far. It just has started unfolding its sun shields. Like, it's this whole experience. So we've been... <laughs> so it's <laughs> bigger than Hubble. Oh, yeah. Like, by a lot. <laughs> and it has all these, like, hexagonal mirrors on it. It looks cool. If you, if anything, just look up a picture of what it looks like. It was Austin's phone background for, <laughs> oh my like, a while. It would be his but, phone. But this is where I also... I'm going to have my little spiritual tie-in because... <laughs> Because I gonna, didn't. Gonna so. do this right. Gotta balance it out. Um, <laughs> but Austin and I were watching. We got up early on Christmas morning, um, as you do, uh, to instead of opening presents, we watched the James Webb launch. <laughs> that was our <laughs> Christmas morning. Got up early, turned on the TV, <laughs> had the live stream going, um, and followed the launch. And it was super exciting. And at uh, the end, once it got to a certain stage, the Chief, chief of NASA, Bill Nelson, came on and started giving a speech about, you know, he's he's the head of NASA, so he's kind of given a little props he's, he's to the team, to, yeah. you know. And so Austin and I are, like, zoning out. I started, like, washing dishes or something. And all of a sudden, he, he, said, he starts saying, like, how fitting it is that this happens on Christmas morning when um, many years ago... Uh, at the birth of Christ, um, others looked up at the stars to seek answers. What? And he said, and a millennia before that, a shepherd sitting out in his field penned the words. And then he, like, quoted Psalm 19. What? And, like, it was such a beautiful... Austin and I both stopped what we were doing and just stared in awe of this head of NASA um, just calling glory to God's creation. He gave great props to the teams and stuff, but he kind of said, you know, how exciting it is that we get to look back at the start of creation and it was oh it was gosh. so beautiful it was amazing so that's incredible if you How haven't did checked I it out about this yeah it's on youtube um he's bill nelson and it's his uh it's like a three minute speech it's super short but it was it was very sweet it was really cool I was so, yeah. say, uh okay two things one it looks like something straight out of star wars i just pulled up a picture this yeah. thing is crazy sick it looks so cool <laughs> two why is it called james webb can they not name these things that's who like invented started it? the but wouldn't you want it like a cooler name? I don't know. I mean, James Webb, like the Death Star. I don't. But know. But no, if you if you watch, they have like graphics of the sun shields unfolding, and you know Count Dooku's ship. Yes, that's when okay. it comes out. It yeah, looks yeah. exactly like that. I, was about to I say, freaked out. It does look like something out of that, Star Wars. <laughs> yes, that helped me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and you're saying that, and that actually just kind of reminded me something I have been learning a lot in the past six months. My wife just finished her DPT, so uh, she is yeah. now a doctor. But we had a lot of conversations about the human body and anatomy. Mm. Bro, the human body is insane. The fact that I am seeing right now. Oh, yeah. Like. Start learning about cones. Cones and <laughs> not like the cones of Dunshire, of like Ben, Ben, but like. Literally it's like, all about the cones. But it's just like, it's it's all, it really is all about the cones. And then it's just like your brain is processing these signals and forming them into images. Like. Mm-hmm. Or we're hearing, like, you're listening to this podcast right now only because your ears and the things inside of it are vibrating, sending signals to your brain, converting it into words. Like, for me, sometimes when my wife talks, I really zone out because it is 
just way over my head. And but when she talks down to my level, it is so nice because I just sit there in awe. It's just insane that these things work. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, I feel like the big takeaway is just like how in awe we over of our spouses. <laughs> that is a big takeaway. Like, and how incredible our spouses are. Yes. Over the past eight months that we have not been with you, all we've been learning about is how amazing our spouses are. And that is the absolute truth. Because, yeah. oh my gosh. Mm. Well, anyways, that brings us to today. Um, all of that has brought us to today in this uh, time that we get to just kind of jump back into it and start season four and kick it off. So we're really excited to be back with you guys. Like we said, we've, we've missed this. Um, we've missed you. Um, and just connecting with you outside of even the podcast. Um, but this season four, we're going to be focusing on something, um, I guess, pretty broad, but that we're pretty excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, Hannah, what are we going to be talking about? Yeah, so we've uh, affectionately titled the series, How to Church. And uh, we want to look at just all the, the cogs of what make up the form and function of the church. Maybe some things that we take for granted, maybe some things that... Uh, aren't always visible and just kind of answer some questions about what the church today looks like, both here in America and abroad, and um, ask those questions. Yeah, plainly put, we just want to talk about why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the big thing is just wanting to, in a lot of different areas, talk about why we have focus on production, um, you know, on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you attend Hope Fellowship, that's the local church that Hannah and I are part of, why we focus on production, why do we care about um, order of service, and mm-hmm. why do we um, do things a certain way, why do we take communion um, not every single Sunday, and mm-hmm. all these different questions. And then really broad questions, like how is the church in America different than a church in Japan or Britain or mm-hmm. anywhere else in the country that you would potentially find yourself in or Christians find themselves in? So I think um, there was definitely a, a reason for choosing this. Um, I don't know if it's been more like, I think there's some podcasts that have been coming out that I think have maybe sparked these ideas for us. But mm. for me, I've just always been a fan of devil's advocate questions mm. and challenging potentially, not tradition as a whole, because I think there's a lot of value in Christian tradition. Um, but I think a lot of times because uh, I, I grew up in, in traditional church, right? I grew up uh, as a Presbyterian. And so for me, I think growing up in that, I never really questioned why we did the things that we did. And so I didn't really know the value behind each of those things, which I think in turns, in turn makes you take it for granted and then not really understand why we're saying a prayer altogether, reading it off a page, um, you know, as we do in the Presbyterian church or why services last an hour on the dot, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you know, people would be rioting essentially. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you just, for me, that's kind of why I wanted to do this is just kind of get the behind the scenes look and talk to um, pastors, talk to um, church leaders, and also talk to churchgoers, people on both sides kind of of this script of people who have volunteered for a while, people who have been pastors and leaders within the church, and then people who just attend on Sundays and, and kind of go out to groups and stuff. Um, just getting all of those voices heard and stories heard of, of what church has meant to them and how, what they think about why we do what we do, I guess. Yeah, and for me, I, I feel like in the past couple years of being in this uh, vocational ministry position that I'm in, uh, I've been able to uh, bring in different interns and and people to mentor and and just show how I do and why I do what I do. And time after time, as I've uh, brought in these college students, uh, when we have our 
end of internship review, they always say to me that they were just so surprised by how much goes into just a Sunday morning. And then from there, I see the way that that knowledge um, goes on to impact the way that they function as a part of the body. Um, And so I think that's true for any of us as the church to understand what church means and, and how it functions makes us better members of that body. For sure. Yeah, I think that's something I would say a lot of people don't you know, no. And, you know, I always get the jokes of like, you know, what even are you doing? You're not preparing for a sermon. Are you just sitting there twiddling your thumbs? And it's like, man, there's just so much that goes into this behind the scenes that make Sundays happen, but even make events happen and then mm-hmm. enable people to be able to find community at a church. There's there's just so much stuff that happens that I think is so interesting to talk about, um, but then to also challenge mm-hmm. how we do things, not necessarily just that you know, a specific church, but just in general challenge how we do things, not to change how we think or to change how we do things even per se, but just to, I think, broaden the horizon of our understanding and really come to a greater understanding. And like you said, just to be able to function better um, in the church and to be able to make disciples and to to have a more clarity on that goal mm-hmm. um, and the, the calling that each of us have um, placed in our hearts if we're believers. And I guess kind of goes into it too, Hannah, maybe for you growing up, what what's kind of some things that you're bringing into these discussions over the next couple of months as we're going to be talking about, or I guess challenging tradition? What, what, what is, what does your background look like? Um, and everything like that. Yeah. So I grew up in the church, um, and spent the vast majority of my formative years in the Lutheran church. I was confirmed in the Lutheran church. Um, and that was just the tradition that I was brought up in. Uh, that's where I learned, my theology and my traditions, um, everything from uh, the why of communion to what hymns we sang um, were informed by that. And then I came to college at Anderson University, um, which is a Baptist university, um, and just started getting exposed to different ideas um, and was able to, uh, through that process of learning, kind of stripped down everything that I believed about every facet of my faith, um, and kind of just start to rebuild and, and question those things of, Mm. you know, do I believe this is a biblical practice? Do I see it commanded in scripture? Do I see the work of the Holy Spirit in it? Um, and, uh, just begin to, uh, reaffirm my faith, um, step by step and piece by piece. And then I uh, was able to come and start interning here at Hope um, and get to see those uh, processes uh, of leadership and what it looks like to lead in ministry in that that side of the church and began to, yeah, just form this uh, better understanding of what it looks like to do church well. You, you said something that made me think of a word that I think has started to take on a different shape, and that's the word deconstruction. Mm-hmm. And I think it has been viewed so negatively. You know, I, I have seen people that are falling away from the church use mm-hmm. that word and say, I'm deconstructing my faith. And I think for us, the goal of this, this season of how to church is to, in a way, and I'm going to say this and I'll add clarity so you don't think I'm saying something different, but mm-hmm. to deconstruct our faith, because I think that the wrong way to deconstruct is to deconstruct and then rebuild it in the way that we want it to so it fits mm. our agenda and our need. But I think throughout our Christian faith, we should be deconstructing our faith, looking at those small facets, looking at not just what we do, but looking at why we do them and making sure that it's something that God commands in Scripture 
and not taking scripture out of context and not finding ways to, you know, what we've seen with this deconstruction that's happening right now, um, I would say more for the, I don't know, you know how to categorize the people that are doing it, but the people that are falling away from the faith through this deconstruction, I think a lot of times it's because they're, they're trying to take scripture out of and fit it into what they think is right. Rather, letting Scripture and letting the Word of God and letting God Himself transform us through that deconstruction process so that we fall more in line with the things that He has revealed through Scripture and the things that He has evidently commanded us. Commanded us. And so I think that's the beauty of what I just heard in you talking is just like, you know, growing up in a Lutheran church, which is extreme tradition, mm-hmm. then going to a Southern Baptist school and starting to have those things challenged, you didn't fall away from the faith. Your faith mm-hmm. was strengthened because you understood more and more the why, because your eyes were open to other opportunities. So I think there are always going to be negative aspects of whatever uh, sect or, or denomination or area we find ourselves in, whether you grew up Lutheran, Presbyterian, atheist, Hindu, Muslim, there are going to be probably some positive factors in each of those, and there's going to be some negative factors because it's imperfect. And then growing up in the church, you know, it's I, I think it's become a bad thing to say deconstruct. If you're unfamiliar with it or you've never heard of it, I would say just go look up some of the things that are centered around that word, and you'll kind of see that negativity. But I think there's a really positive aspect of this deconstruction if we are... Um, doing it so that we can affirm and kind of deconstruct so that we can get rid of the things that we have put into it in ourselves mm-hmm. and strip away the things that um, are our opinions and, and what we want and what we think we need and deconstruct it to where it's just God's facts and what God wants and then try to live our life with that. And I think throughout our life, there are going to be things that, that step in a way that, that we need to deconstruct from, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that adds a clarity, but I just... When you were talking, that just made me think of that word because it sounds like you have modeled what it looks like to healthily deconstruct and affirm scripture in your life from an unbiased perspective, mm-hmm. um, where it's, you know, I'm deconstructing so that I can see what God wants for me, not mm-hmm. what I want for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am okay if that means that that means I'm going to have to shift something in my life and change something um, in my life so that it looks more like Christ and not more like what I want it to look like. Yeah, um, I think that's the... the um has to be the foundation of this process of all the questions we ask that we do so prayerfully um, and with the intent of finding more of God and less of ourselves in each of these aspects, whether it's what it means to volunteer or like, which doesn't seem like a theologically rich topic, but I think once you dig into it, it, it matters to the church. It matters to God. Um, uh, whether it's something seemingly small like that or something big, like, uh, what to do with, uh, if you've experienced abuse in a church setting, Mm. um, and how to reconcile that, um, and how to kind of hold the goodness of God with, with hurt in his house. Um, Mm. and so I think it matters to not just ignore these things, but to, to question and to dig in. Yeah. Cause I think it's easy for us in any aspect of our life to just fall into the trap of doing things the same way, because that's how we've always done them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's also why there's so many different facets of working in vocational ministry and anything. Cause we're constantly looking at, you know, we do one event one year and then the next year we're constantly thinking that was a great event. Does this want to become a tradition mm-hmm. and what are we going to change about it? Because maybe one year we did something and people really liked it, but what if that's not going to be good next year. And even when it comes to production, you know, 
or, or when it comes to anything of what you're saying, I think that's the point of this. And that's why I'm so excited for this season. And I hope you guys are excited because for me, it's always so exciting to kind of just look at what we do and ask, why are we doing this? And is this something that is glorifying to God, that is in line with scripture, and that is something that is beneficial for his church if we continue to further it? Or are there aspects of it that we need to uh, change? Mm-hmm. And that's what's exciting for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think uh, that leads us to our just call to action that we want to hear from you um, and to engage with you through this process. Um, there might be topics that are, are brought up that are, maybe it is challenging to the way you've held on to something or believed, um, and we don't want you to have to just sit with those questions alone. The purpose of this um, is for us to be able to walk with you through these conversations. Um, and so at every turn, just know that you can reach out to us if there's uh, maybe an episode we cover a topic and you want to hear more about that, let us know. And we would love to to dive in and help answer some of those questions uh, as we go through this journey together. That's really the big thing. We just want to hear from you guys. You guys have stories. You guys have experiences. And I think most of all, if we are believers who are working on growing, you guys have questions. Um, and I think that those are questions that we want to address. We don't want to just talk about, I mean, we have questions of ourselves that we've worked through and that I am still working through. Like I said, we're always looking at aspects of our faith that um, should change. And I'm always looking at myself, making sure that my opinions um, and my wants have not seeped into um, the pillars of my faith mm-hmm. and are not influencing the core aspect of Christianity, but that I'm trusting scripture completely. Um, and so there are things that I'm working through that maybe you guys are also working through, but vice versa. There are things that you guys are working through that I might not be working through, but that we would love to talk about and talk through with people that we respect and know. So we are really, really excited for this season. Just a final reminder that we'll be back here uh, each Monday to start your week off. Um, so I hope you join us through the season, share it with all your friends and family. Uh, we want this to be a conversation uh, tailored to hope because that's where most of us are coming from. But, you know, these are applicable to any church setting, we hope. So uh, feel free to get the word out uh, if you like what we're doing here. Um, And then if you want to reach out to us directly with any questions, comments, um, some words of affirmation, always great. Uh, You can email us uh, at hannah at hopeandanderson.com. Or Nathan at hopeandanderson.com. So we will uh, be looking forward to the season, and we'll see you guys next week here talking about something. (laughs) How to church. How to church.